0: What we're getting with AI and stuff that we're actually gonna be able to do something.
1: You got with that information. That's right. And the thing about AI is having the right information to feed AI. It's not just so the right information to feed AI. When I've asked pretty big companies, what they're doing in terms of, you know, measuring engagement. They're like, oh, we're using AI to create more adaptive and, you know, more personalized learning. I'm like, but how are you using AI? What are you feeding AI? So when you feed AI meaningful metrics, the seven times data set versus a binary data set of just time and attention, you can create a more meaningful feedback loop for the, and, and when you, when the player owns that information, they can start to create a more impactful learning journey for themselves. So that's the opportunities. You, feed, you actually feed AI this information, the seven times data set. The game becomes more impactful, only certified games.
0: I believe that there's something interesting about anyone and everyone. You just have to figure out what that something is. That quote from Tony Shay from the book Delivering Happiness begins this podcast with Amanda Slavin, the head of Learning Frequency, but more than that, an author who created the 7th Level Framework, originally for education, worked it into business, and is now returning to education with Learning Frequency, an ed startup that merges the digital and physical worlds through a novel NFT approach to learning. The goal is to immerse children fully in a blended reality for enhanced learning experiences. It uses a frequency bot to message the NFT, which keeps a record of the styles, the ways the student learns, and even possibly their gaming behavior to optimize that as well. As Amanda says, sometimes the teacher will look at the assignment in the future and say, hey, you've done really well on Minecraft last night. Spend another three hours and finish that off. It's all about getting students more creative, teachers the ability to do real teaching and work closely with them, and eliminate a lot of waste. This is the AI Optimist, and you're in for a treat. Let's learn about learning frequency. I was reading your what you shared about learning frequency from the Founders Forum, the EdTech, mm-hmm. and you had a quote. I'll give you two quotes to start this off, and I'd love to jump into this. He said... And I'm so interested in what you're doing there because I love the word frequency too. Tesla Mm. said we're energy, frequency, and vibration. I'm like, to me, that's sort of seventh level stuff, but it's probably way (laughs) too (laughs) deep. You said we will create a way for students to own who they are and what works for them wherever they learn. Mm. Yes. And then I remembered on your recent post with um, your mentor and I will Mm. say a mutual inspiration for many years, even though I only. I met him once Tony Shea, mm. said something that's really beautiful and delivering happiness he says I mm. believe there's something interesting about anyone and everyone you just have to figure out what that something is so with learning frequency oh
1: that's how I' didn't are even you know helping that. students
0: figure out in my this is just my word for it what that is
1: Wow I mean that, that's that is just I have to read his book again. I did not know he said that that makes me super emotional um, it was his birthday yesterday, which I did post about, and I had no idea he said that. That's, that's amazing. So it's really interesting because I'm actually, you know, there's nothing about learning frequency on my LinkedIn and it's Mm -hmm. on purpose, which is that, uh, it's, it's something that is, it's important to talk about and to have a conversation about versus to just try to digest in a snack size bite. It's the first time in my career, I'm not putting it public information about something that I'm working on. So learning frequency, you know, I have a provisional patent for a product that was born out of a longitudinal study with a school in Denver that was a mag that's a magnet school. And a magnet school is a publicly funded school based on a theme. So the theme is entrepreneurship. It's called Clara Brown Entrepreneurial Academy. And this is a historically underserved area with, you know, this is a very this is not, you know, an over the top funded school. Um, They don't have access to new technologies, you know, kind of a a new frontier of, of innovation. And this product was born out of this research with this school. And the intention was first and foremost to change the way we think about measuring success around learning. Because going back to what Tony said around being able to find what's interesting about each and every person, when we standardize our version of success, we standardize our view and perspective of students. And there's no one size fits all. And so we need a new metric for how we talk about success, how we value success, how we define success. First of all, AI is going to replace all of our kids if we keep teaching them like productivity machines. Let's just be for real. If we keep teaching them to be output machines, they will always be outputted <laughs> by output machines of AI. So we have to teach them to be human and have these human skills, and embrace what makes them them, and embrace their own learning journey and their own identity. And so that's what learning frequency is about. I could talk about what that actually means in terms of a product, but I'm answering your specific question, which is, you know, change what, how we measure success, give students ownership of that narrative, give students ownership of the of their understanding of themselves in the world um, and of their own learning journey.
0: With the frequency bot, you're using NFTs and the frequency bot to inform the NFT. What's sort of like the the nuts and bolts of how that works?
1: I'll talk about the actual product. So the product is based on, there's a questionnaire that each student takes, and the questionnaire is based on the levels of engagement. And, And so it's all about learning styles have been debunked. We are not one thing. You know, we're not this static or stagnant image. We're actually more like an NFT. We're dynamic. We're evolving. We're constantly changing. Uh, And so when it comes to the way that we, again, engage with the world around us, students are never given ownership of that information. Even if they have, you know, an IEP or an individual education plan, even if they have, you know, uh, a psychologist do a profile on them or on the way they learn. This is what parents do actually these days. Students still don't get access to that information. So this questionnaire is based on the way that they engage. The first set of questions are on the tools they need to prevent disengagement. The second set of questions, it's it's 17 questions, are around the communication preferences, limiting distractions, productivity, extrinsic motivation, intrinsic motivation, and being activated as a learner. And at the end of that questionnaire, it visualizes their answers into something called a frequency bot. The frequency bot, there's about sixty thousand plus iterations of this. You know, so each answer has a different trait. It could be a pink head, a yellow head, a blue head. You could have three eyes, four eyes, five eyes. You can have an orange no, It's all different traits, and they actually can then mint. They can own that avatar, that frequency bot, as an NFT in platform. They don't need cryptocurrency. They don't need a wallet. They don't need anything. It's all in. It's all in platform, so that anyone can just log in with their Gmail, their Microsoft email, or a username. It has to be with a school environment. They take this questionnaire, then they get this frequency bot that represents their answers, and then they get to mint it so it's there. So if learning frequency goes away tomorrow, they get to own this asset. They also get something, which is my favorite part of actually the platform, which is they then get a personalized plan on what to do with that information. So they get a worksheet, which they can download. I'll give you access to it after. Um, and it actually tells them, okay, you have a blue head. That means that you prefer quiet time when when you're working. Here's what to do with this information. Find a quiet corner when you are, you know, you are working on your own and be able to really or use noise canceling headphones. And it actually gives the student strategies on how to take learning into their own hands. I'm just going to finish with this one last piece. And this is actually the current product, not necessarily the product tomorrow, which we can talk further about how that plugs into all learning environments and then gives the student an interoperable learning profile that they then own wherever they learn, however they learn. But today, teachers also get a legend of all of the traits of all of the parts and what, how to create an adaptable learning environment. So whether it's create a blue corner where, you know, it's a quiet corner or a movement corner or have noise canceling headphones available to kids so that they can start to create. Because right now, when we think about personalized and individualized learning, we put so much on the teacher and we say, you need to now do more work. You need to figure out a way to. And it is not fair and it is not scalable. So this gives the student the ability to be self-aware use metacognition, cognition, self-reflection, so that they can take learning into their own hands, literally, where they have the skills and the strategies, and figuratively, too, where they, again, they're owning this data. So it's this literal and a more of like an emotional figurative narrative. And then the last thing from an artistic perspective, which you'll like, is that it's a robot because we're leaning into this narrative of let's use technology to make kids more like humans so they don't turn into robots. <laughs> so that's the intention here. It's each robot is unique.
0: I'm so I, like, i am so believed. Like, I talked to a few people, and it's like, I'm all about not AI first, which I totally understand, but it goes to the productivity driven, efficiency driven, outcome driven, and you're in the process. That's
1: exactly right.
0: Access is always key to this. How do we give yes. them access?
1: So, the future of this product and what I'm working on now for phase two of research is I'm working with games, and these are not learning games. So, my, you know, Students are not students. Kids are spending 159 minutes a day in Roblox. So that's a lot of time. And what we do as governments and as leaders is we just we blow even parents. We just say you can't spend that much time. Let's limit the time. And that's just still focused on, by the way. Time and attention, it's binary, right? We're saying quantity, okay, bad or good. And that's not the way that we are as human beings. It's nuanced. And so we need to have a way of measuring quality of time, the quality of the experience. And so the what the provisional patent is for is not only having this learner profile based on the seven levels of engagement, on the way that you engage with the world, but then having that be the layer in which we measure engagement in all games, in all, I'm not going to use the word learning environments, I'm going to use the word games, in order to determine what is a learning environment. So there will be a certification plan where we actually literally say, okay, this is a this is a learning frequency approved game. This is not. And so what I'm currently doing now is I'm working with games. There's a game I'm working with on, on Roblox. Um, there's a game I'm working with in partnership with Animoca. And I actually take their metrics and their behaviors and I map them out to the seven levels of engagement. And I give them the ability to have this nuanced way of looking at gameplay. So rather than just... Level five, extrinsic motivation. They're just playing for points. What are they doing that are inspiring these set goals to make a difference? I'm going to answer your question on how we make this accessible. So we by the way that we make this accessible is we reach kids wherever they wherever they learn and however they learn. And that is not leaving teachers and schools behind. Often ed tech and future of ed products end up serving for the 1%, or they then create something and then sell it into schools versus working with schools to figure out what this is and how the schools are using it and what they need. And so we we start with offering this completely for free to schools. This should not be something that schools are charged for and students should have a frequency bot profile based on just again interacting with the teachers and the world around them. The future is having games be able to then pay for view only insights reports to pay for the certification process to pay for optimization plans based on how to be certified in order to improve the quality of gameplay within these experiences. And so to me, it's very much the, you know, buy one, give one, but in a much more integrated fashion (laughs) where these games that are making tons and tons of money and are really just the only way they're now making money, by the way, is turning themselves into branding platforms, that's it. They're starting to be now advertising platforms, which is, I, I again, I've been in branding for 10 years. I'm not a, I don't have a problem with that. But then I want to know when my kid is playing a game in Roblox, if that game is, I kind of use this phrase, is a vegetable for them or is turning them into a vegetable. And so I want to then be able to focus on how much time. And I want that child to then own that information and be able to say, hey, teacher, I played Minecraft last night and I learned in Minecraft. Look, here's my portfolio. And for then that teacher to say, hey, you did learn in Minecraft. You know what? You can play Minecraft for your homework for tomorrow for three hours. Imagine how groundbreaking that is when all learning environments are one.
0: And it is to the, to the child learning. Or- the adult learning it obviously doesn't end once you, you become an adult. That That's integra- right. The integration of experience is so interesting to me where it's not entertainment versus school, that there's learnings in everything they do. And obviously, having read your book, The Seventh Level, I'm just doing that on a podcast thing to give you a shout out because I loved it. And go get it. If you're not, you're crazy. It's awesome. <laughs> it's but how cute. do you apply? How do we take them from disengagement, which is your level one? And I know this is sort of general, but like to that ultimate level, like what are you doing to sort of integrate Mm -hmm. the engagement framework? I hate to even say Mm -hmm. it. No, it it is. Yeah. How do you take them and apply this to the NFT and what they're working on?
1: So for the questionnaire, there are ways to the way that the, the levels work is you know, there are the bottom three levels are what stands in the way of connection or learning um, or gameplay. You know, they're in the book, I talk about them being pitfalls. So the bottom three levels, it's really about looking at tactics that will prevent those levels from stopping an individual from engaging more deeply with the material at hand. And so from the questionnaire, the, the questions are based on how to prevent those levels from happening. So in order to prevent disengagement, you need the right tools, the right how, the right where. And so the bottom, the first levels of questions within that questionnaire, again, around the tools that students need in order to be able to engage. The second set of questions, as I mentioned briefly, is, is based on, again, unsystematic engagement. So it's when you're confused by the messaging. It's to prevent level two. And so that those set of questions are around, how do you clarify? What's the best way that you receive messaging? Because it's all around, again, being confused by the messaging. The third set of questions are around preventing level three, frustrated engagement. So it's about preventing distractions. So we're taking a, instead of a reactionary approach of, okay, now this student is engaged, we're actually setting them up for success by asking them before it's too late, what causes you to be distracted? What allows for you to have a streamlined version of communication? What are the tools you need? And we then have that. So once we've gotten past those three levels, we then can focus on, what it looks like for them when they are engaged and we can meet them where they are and continue to increase engagement. So the four set of questions are around again productivity. How do you like to structure dependent engagement receive information and then respond to that information respond to call to actions. Level five, same thing. How how do you like to be extrinsically motivated? It's called self-regulated interest when you're extrinsically motivated. And so that's actually asking them, what does it look like for you when you are engaged? And then the last set of questions are around this highest level of engagement. So we're being aspirational on, okay, we're going to create this profile of you as a learner because we believe that every single learner can reach these higher levels of engagement. We just need to know what makes them special, what makes them tick, and how to support them. And so with these higher levels of engagement questions, level six is all around what inspires you to set goals? What makes learning impactful for you? And then with the the seventh level questions, it's what activates you as a learner? learner? What feels more integrated? I'm just going to now just add, this is why, it's so stealth because it's so complicated and overly complex on the gaming side what we have this is all automated so when the questionnaire it's manual a student fills this out on their own with a teacher they then learn about themselves they reflect they use this opportunity as a way for them to again as a starter point this is who i am as a learner this is what works for me this is how i'm going to test this out over the year with a game environment We've done the same thing, but in an automated fashion. So I can actually say a level three behavior is when a game player drops off after 15 minutes, which is frustrated engagement. They want to engage with their distracted based on a distraction in the game, which could be, um, you know, a stalling out of their, you know, their, car when they're in an activity, or, um, you know, there's a reward-based experience that's actually taking them away from what you really need from them to do within the journey. So there's all different, there's all different um, qualifiers that are based on the levels, and then that's automated. So we can constantly measure this person's at this level, this person's at this level, and eventually that will feed into the learner profile that they will own. So much information, so much information, so much information. (laughs) It's just so much.
0: What we're getting with AI and stuff that we're actually going to be able to do something. You got with it. that information
1: That's right. And the thing about AI is having the right information to feed AI. It's not just so the right information to feed AI. when I've asked, pretty big companies, what they're doing in terms of, you know, measuring engagement. They're like, oh, we're using AI to create more adaptive and, you know, more personalized learning. I'm like, but how are you using AI? What are you feeding AI? So when you feed AI meaningful metrics, the seven times data set versus a binary data set of just time and attention, you can create a more meaningful feedback loop for the, and, and when you, when the player owns that information, they can start to create a more impactful learning journey for themselves. So that's the opportunities you feed, you actually feed AI this information, the seven times data set, the game becomes more impactful, only certified games, because those are the games that are actually caring about their customers and their players and not just using this for evil. And then the individual owns that information where they can actually be validated. Cause if they're spending three hours in Minecraft, building worlds and creating connections and networking and using critical thinking, then they should be validated. If they're in Minecraft, Minecraft, Minecraft bopping people on the head with a block, I don't think that's possible, but you get the gist, then we should also know that. And those two players should be treated differently. And those metrics should be treated differently. Not just, they've both spent three hours in in Minecraft.
0: And you're you're escaping the the crux problem of AI is the early engineer data-driven alone. And training data is everything, but when you think of data as just stuff about people. And it's not actually a human being with styles and learning and all, right? I mean, talk about data. Like, I mean, even like who the heck can even figure that out about themselves when they're growing up? You're just sort of like winging
1: it in the game of life.